All right. We're on. We are on. DJ Siggy Fisher in the house. DJ Siggy in the house. R&B only request, guys. That's your fave? R&B? No, and a little bit of techno, but I need to be in a good mood to be in like techno. Like R&B is my jam. Yeah. Love a good R&B. Yeah. Like slow dance. Like a heavy, shit. like a heavy lifting R&B? Nah, yeah. heavy lifting's more like rap. Right. Yeah, like yeah. hardcore, like DMX style. Like when you send me your check-in videos and I'm like, tune! Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're pumping yourself up with your like your little claps and your little fist, fist pumps. Pump. Yeah. <laughs> Love like it. Geordie Shaw style. Awesome. <laughs> so, finally, we're getting to do our podcast. I know. Third time lucky, eh? How good. Third time lucky. So good. Here in my little... Um, Boudoir. Studio apartment rooftop in Melbourne. Sunny Melbourne today. Mm. Sunny Melbourne. Yeah. yeah. Bit different. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Just a bit. So, Sig. So, Kayla. Tell me how you got into the fitness industry. I just want to hear your backstory a little bit. Um, so, I started in the fitness industry by working for a PT academy that they were selling the set three and four fitness um, certificates. And... During that time, I needed to learn what I was selling, of course, to get people <laughs> on board. Um, but throughout that time... Oh, so you worked in actual sales. Mm. Oh, you got a sales background. Mate, I have every background. Oh. Yeah. Like, depends on how deep you want to go. I worked in sales. I was a photographer for many years. I worked in retail. I was a bartender. Oh, yeah. Classic. Yeah. Cocktail maker. The mm. best. Espresso martinis. My way. Love it. Um, Comes in handy. But yeah, like during the, the 20s through my like discovery years, I realized um, my passion towards fitness because of my own journey. Um, so yeah, during the time when I was doing the sales, I was taking on this course and I was you know diving deeper into it and each time I was learning more and more and I was just like wow this is so fascinating like learning more about the anatomy of our bodies um, movement patterns exercises nutrition a little bit you know they don't cover as much mm. in them um, and then I wanted to dive deeper into that so you know when you start well I don't know about you but I started with the the group fitness um yeah. exercise oh, like camps yeah. yeah boot camps and stuff that was fun um and then I wanted to like dive in more into it so yeah got into personal training started training women and men throughout my journey I <laughs> went through severe injuries like oh my god look at like can count them in a handful but the major one was my back injury I bulged a disc three times right was um, this from all lifting yes okay yeah so from not, not even sports or <laughs> no yeah. so when I was younger like taking it back to you know my teens I was a uh, I was a swimmer I played soccer I was a boxer so I dabbled in into all of those and it was fine and you know when you're younger everything's fine you're very like resilient yeah and the, everything's flowing nice you're not as conscious as you as you grow older and when I went into heavier lifting unfortunately I wasn't instructed enough how to do certain things and then bang the disc fucking yeah. went 
literally yeah back door <laughs> and that's how we got in touch and how yeah, yeah exactly yeah yeah so and that has been a blessing as well which is has been awesome um but yeah back on my rant um <laughs> <laughs> I was just like where are we going with this story um it doesn't matter we'll go everywhere I love it so <laughs> it's, like, it's like a normal check-in ch- um chats anything yeah. goes yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, since working at PTA, I ended up wanting to transition into personal training and that's how I started my journey about eight years ago. And then since then, as I've been helping others, I've been helping myself Mm -hmm. dabbling into various courses, various certifications, nutrition, training, um, the AWPT course as well. And now I've been, um, I've taken on the psychology of eating certification and that's a year long course and it's diving. I've only started, it's only been about a month or two yeah. and we've, we're, we've been diving deep into the understanding of like how we perceive food, you know, the relate, the deep relationship within the psychology and the, like the physiology yeah. um, of how we perceive the relationship with, with, with food. Yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah, it, it, it is amazing. And I love, I, I didn't realize how much I would actually like it till I started it. Yeah. And I've realized that over, maybe in the last year, over like since COVID last year, I, I have that passion for training, but I've also realized I have a deeper passion into helping women more around the the relationship um, they have with food, the, the struggles, mm. the psychological. And again, like I'm not qualified in psychology, but I have done various certifications in terms of mindset that yeah. it is within my scope and how I can help them. And of course, if I need to refer out, I get them to affiliated yeah. um professionals yeah because I've seen a lot of your stuff and a lot of what you put out on social media and stuff like that is around mindset Mm. and mindset is really important um so now you do online coaching yeah yep so now you're working for yourself so you started sort of in the the group setting gym scene getting your hours up sort of one-to-one um and now you do your online coaching a couple of things I want to sort of dive into let's go let's go firstly into more of this psychology of eating since we're Mm. on that track but then I want to I want to go through like you know your sales background and how your sales background has kind of helped you know transition over to your online and to your online business and things Mm. like that um so in terms of I mean like psychology of eating I guess I've been, I've always been fascinated in nutrition. So I, my original goal was to, after university, go from exercise and sports science into nutrition and dietetics. But then, you know, last minute pivot. (laughs) And here we are. Physio. Nutrition, nutrition, nutrition. Oh, wait, no physio. Yeah. (laughs) When it comes to applying for it. But, um. Yeah, like growing up, I was always fascinated. I was always reading articles and things like that to do with nutrition and yes, like psychology around nutrition and things like that. Um, more sort of for my own interest um, at that time, because obviously I wasn't, you know, um, talking to clients and things like that um, back then. But did you, I feel like when we sort of go into this sort of stuff, 
it sort of stems from just wanting to know more ourselves. Mm. So growing up, did you have any, or like with your fitness journey, did you have any, you know, issues around food or um, like eating disorder type behaviors or restrict binge or anything like that personally? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, all the above, to be honest. Um uh, at the time when I was a teenager and my early 20s, I wasn't conscious enough to realize the restrictive pattern that I was in the the Monday to Friday. You just eat your salads, no carbs, minimal fats because, you know, fat is bad for you. Fat is, you know, you, you'll, you'll gain fat and then the weekends come and you're like, well, stuff. Free for all. <laughs> exactly. Like stuff the, the week. I've been good Monday to Friday. So treat yourself and that treat ended up being a a massive binge whether it was in a one sitting or it was a a whole weekend fiesta Mm. you know so that pattern to be honest um most likely went for about far out now that I think about it like maybe like five seven years Mm -hmm. um It's crazy to think that. And you know what? Like it also had to do with the environment that I was, that I was in, the people I was around. Um, Back then I was a massive party girl. So the weekends were like, you know, there's no dieting during the weekend. You just do whatever you can do kind of thing. So yeah, that stemmed a lot of um, issues, not just physically, but mentally as well. You know, after coming out of a, long binge on the weekend the last thing you want to be doing is eating well on the monday because you feel so like shit yeah Yeah, but then you have those thoughts in your head you're like well you know you're guilty for what you did so then it's just like well i have to go back to being restrictive again so Mm -hmm. riding that that horse again for like monday to friday and then bang back to that vicious cycle and then i guess it sort of becomes like a habit right mm. and and once you sort of create a habit getting out of that habit is probably one of the hardest things to do like breaking that habit um so is there anything that you've sort of gone through so far in your course that's sort of gone through that sort of thing and 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 breaking habits or like I guess what is what is the first thing like if you are in that cycle or if you are in that that habit loop what are some things that you know if anyone listening is experiencing some sort of eating disorder whether it be restrict binge whether it be you know um purging and things like that or more sort of on towards the you know more clinical side of things anorexia bulimia where do we sort of like and again we're not psychologists but like Mm -hmm. where can we sort of start I guess, to, is it about identifying certain patterns? Is that where we start? Is it reaching out for help? How can we sort of, like, where do we sort of start in terms of, you know, changing up those patterns? Mm, mm, I love that. It's a great, um, great question. In terms of like habits, people perceive it to be such an easy process to, to change, but changing a habit that has been ingrained in your brain for let's say a decade takes more than three months and this is why um you know when people say oh you know you'll change your body within 12 weeks you'll get the results you want blah 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 is utterly bullshit because you don't know the person's background 
um, of where they're coming from and you know the the psychological issues that they do or may not have with, with food and training so in terms of breaking those habits it takes more than 21 days yeah for sure especially if it's been going on for a longer period of time exactly 21 days is like a good startup it is a great way to start building momentum it takes longer to be honest it will probably take you more than 60 days i think someone don't quote me on this but i am pretty sure someone said to me that it takes longer than 66 days to actually notice a change in habits or change like a, a break in what you're in what you're doing previously so with with all of that the one thing that um really intrigued me about the course so far is the feminine and the masculine um archetypes oh with nutrition yes oh. yes so um a little bit of a background in terms of archetypes for those who don't know they can be stemmed from like they stem from like history from religion from culture their energies around us all the time now this is going to sound so fucking woo woo we're getting into the esoteric we are getting into it um but archetypes is not just feminine and masculine and people need to understand that feminine and masculine just doesn't mean it's male and female it's an energy within us so just like yin and yang with chinese um yeah uh, the ancient chinese it's not like related to man or woman it's it's like a spectrum almost yes yes uh, it's an energy it's a symbol uh, it's it's within all of us um and again you're not going to be consciously aware of it unless you start putting it into practice so what i loved about this particular subject is mark david the um the professor who's taking the um psychology of eating explains it so beautifully saying that as teenagers we go into the fitness and nutrition industry thinking we have to count calories we have to train as hard as you can burn the fat you know be skinny be beautiful to the world because that's what media is telling us to do Mm -hmm. where it pushes us away or pulls down the feminine side of you who wants to be more um, intuitive, Mm -hmm. more nourishing in terms of like food, like building that trust of, you know, having a cup of coffee and like not feeling guilt because it has sugar in it, like really enjoying what you're like, what you're intaking. Mm -hmm. Um, So in terms of all of that, I realized that my masculine energy Mm. has been so fucking dominant dominant that over the years – it makes me realize why I've been so dominant in certain relationships <laughs> and not just like with partners, but like with friends, with family, um, because I've always been the one who's just like, yes, I'm the queen. You listen to me. I do that. Da, 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 da. It's almost like, sorry to interrupt, but like, it's almost like that control. Mm-hmm that control behavior Mm -hmm. and we try to control things that we fear. Mm -hmm. So it's like that fear around 
around food, around exercise, around, yeah. you know, what, you know, your body looks like. Mm-hmm. So you try to control everything and it's because of that fear. Wow, we're really diving deep into it now, are yeah, we? Yeah, we are. <laughs> love we are. And I love that you mentioned that because in terms of exercise, you know, I'm all up for goals. You know how lo- how much I love setting goals. And that's, again, that's my masculine mm. side. It's like setting goals, setting boundaries, having systems, having clarity of like where I'm moving forward. Yeah. But we also have to have that feminine within us because if there's no flow, there's no creativity, mm. there's no, I hate that word, balance, mm. you, ju- you're, you just get way too deficient in that feminine side that you lose part of yourself. Yeah. Dude, I totally relate. I am the exact same. And it's only recently, like really, really recent where I'm sort of diving a little bit deeper into more of that feminine side into more of that allowing myself Mm. to relax allowing myself to have you know things that I want to eat and allowing myself to take rest is the biggest thing that I struggle with you know and you know growing up having that athlete mindset goals 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 like you know my dad was super into like you know got to be the best got to win like you know have goals like achieve 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 and it's just like yeah like allow things to flow like Mm, mm. like allow yourself time to rest and recover and and not feel guilty yeah like I think that's a huge thing yeah guilt is massive Mm. um and not just guilt around just taking rest and taking time away from whether it be work and training but like not having guilt around food which is a huge one for for Mm. women you know, um, when I first started working with clients and realizing their patterns, they'd be like, oh my God, with the check-ins, they'll be like, Sig, I had an ice cream over the weekend, but I feel so guilty for doing that because it wasn't my plan. And mind you, I don't give out plans for that reason because mm. plans work in in a time and place. Like if you're an athlete, if you're like competing mm. or if you have um, digestive problems that you have to follow certain Mm, guide rules yeah um but yeah that whole guilt I was yeah I was I was talking to someone yesterday and I was like as soon as you give me a plan I'm going off plan Mm. like as soon as you allow me to uh like do things my way I'll stick to Mm -hmm. you know my guidelines or my whatever it is like if it's macros like you know a fine, easy, just like give me that freedom. Yeah. But as soon as you give me a plan, it's like I want to rebel on that mm. plan. Yeah. And that's that's like I think a lot of people as well have that that uh I guess again like psychology around like don't tell me what to do, don't control mm. me, like mm. I want to do my own thing sort of thing. So yeah. yeah and I truly believe that comes from your feminine side. Okay. Because your feminine side is very flowy. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want rules. She just wants to go like, go with the flow. It's like when you wake up in the morning and you don't have anything to do on a Sunday, Mm. the last thing you want to be doing is, you know, checking your work emails, going into like work mode. You want to just let the day flow, have a rest day, like enjoy yourself. So yeah, back to like that rigid style, like again, like there's a time and place for it. But like you said, if someone put you on a plan, 
that you're going to be like, oh, hell no, like this is not my style. And mm. to be honest, I could relate to that because thinking back now when I was like 100% into like fitness and, you know, my, my health, I'll be like, yeah, give me whatever you can give me. I'll do, I'll do, I'll do it. Mm. But you don't because it's so systemized that it just give it doesn't give you any flexibility to, for example, go socialize with your girlfriends or have a glass of wine or have um, Anita's ice cream. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting <laughs> for that one. Your face was like... Yeah. Anita. Hey, Anita, if you're listening, <laughs> come down to Melbourne. <laughs> we need you. There's two in Bondi. Yeah. Why not one in Melbourne? I'll sponsor you, babe. You'll I'll kill sponsor it. you. <laughs> not even sponsored, just like I'll keep your business open and running. <laughs> I'll be there just daily. With my, <laughs> just with my purchases. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that's super interesting. And I never really thought mm. about, you know, this masculine, this feminine that you're sort of talking about in mm. terms of, in terms of, yeah, like controlling and, um, and it's like intuition, the whole sort, the whole thing. And, and yeah, wow. Yeah, it's fascinating. It's fascinating. And like, he gives you Mark. Mark David gives you journal prompts to to go over once you uh, watch each module and just take the time and you know reevaluate what you've learned, but also reflect on your behaviors. And God, I was sitting for about a good hour and a half on the couch just writing my hand. You know when you write so much and you're like, yeah, oh my God, I have the shakes. I went so deep that I went back to when I was. 13 yep. years old realizing when I was 13 I was in such a masculine dominance energy that I was a tomboy yeah I would only hang out with the boys I would not wear skirts I would not wear dresses if my mom wanted to like put my hand braids I'd be like oh hell no yeah and just like pull it out put a cap on this is me yeah I was I always wore the boys uniform at school yeah just because I wanted you know to what like I just also wanted to make our listeners understand there's nothing wrong with that like whether you're a male who has more feminine energy in you that's fine whether you're a female and you have more masculine energy within you that's fine as well however you want to find what you're more dominant in that the other one isn't being pushed down because mm. that's where you find the deficiency in energies mm-hmm. mm. yeah super interesting and I think as well, and correct me if I'm wrong, but if you are, if you do tend to be in more of that masculine energy, it's a lot more up in your head. Whereas like when you're in that feminine energy, it's a lot more sort of in your body and a lot more intuitive. So yes. a lot more like logic versus feeling. Yeah, exactly. And it's, in, it's about, it's not like pushing one away. But like integrating the two because your thoughts affect your feelings and like the way your body feels is going to affect your thoughts and like hundred percent and it works together like psychologically psychologically and physiology are intertwined together you can't have one or the other yeah and I love that how you said that about the brains because the masculine energy is your um, correct me if I'm wrong is your left brain and your left brain is the dominance logic so, yeah, yeah 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 so that's like right brain systems creative. logical yeah. like numbers calories like yeah. tracking da 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 where your right brain is your feminine brain mm. 
which she's wanting to be more intuitive, more flowing. Yeah. She wants to ground herself, go for walks at the beach, go into the water. Yeah. And when it comes to eating, you know, there are times when, you know, I can relate to myself where it's like, I like, I'm not hungry, but I want to eat. And so it's like, why am I like going into the reasons of like, why am I feeling like this? What am I feeling in my body? What are my emotions doing? Mm. Um, And really, I guess, becoming more aware of how your body is feeling and sort of like, you know, am I hungry or am I just emotional? Am I bored? Like, why do I want to eat? You know, is it my body is craving more nutrition? My body is craving more nourishment I haven't had enough calories I haven't had enough energy like does my body need more or you know am I emotional am I am I wanting to push something down by eating like Mm. is there something else going on in my life is there stress related to work whatever else that I that I want like I just want to emotionally eat and I want to push something else down so yeah. like going into to like, be honest, like that's like a whole another conversation for another day because, again, we're like with females and males, we perceive food differently. So going into more of like the pleasure side of you feeling hungrier, that could stem various reasons. Maybe you're not eating enough, but maybe your body's actually calling you f- to start eating more because it need is needing more nourishment. Mm. But let's say if you're in a sad state or you're emotionally upset, most women um, turn to food for pleasure mm. because they're not getting that sense of pleasure, that sense of fulfillment from, I don't know, their partner, mm-hmm. the, the workplace, their friends. So they just eat for pleasure, getting that fucking, you know, dopamine effect. Dope, I was just about to say, yeah. yeah. Where males, not all males, but there's a really high st- uh, statistic that males tend to eat more or eat behind close, closed doors to push their feelings down. Because as we've been brought up, is like males are not supposed to express their feelings they're supposed to be the hardcore dominant guy the protector which has stemmed so many fucking issues to so many men and so many relationships yeah i can i can totally yeah like see this and i was like before you even said it i was like i know someone (laughs) or like this is uh yeah like this is this is the reason why they would overeat compared to why a female or a woman would tend to overeat or use food yeah to yeah it's it's it goes back to that basic like survival mechanism of you know gaining pleasure or avoiding pain Mm -hmm. so on the male side of things on the masculine side of things it's like they're using food to avoid pain Mm -hmm. or avoid going into their emotions going into their feelings yeah fear of being uncomfortable, seeming yeah. like weak, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, maybe potentially ego driven, um, and then yeah, that female like more feminine side of things of like gaining pleasure through food or like you know searching for pleasure, you know, basic human instincts of we want to seek pleasure and or avoid pain, and you know, avoiding pain is a very big motivator a very big driver of a lot of behaviors Mm -hmm. of humans as well so 
Yeah, that is super, super interesting. Yeah. So I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah, it's mind-blowing and I can't wait to like dive deeper into it. Like the modules that I'm now deep in, diving into is more related into weight, like weight gain, excess weight or like weight loss um, and body image yeah. as well. So yeah, it's going to be sick. Yeah, sick. <laughs> awesome. Um, So... Switching gears for a second now, let's go back to uh, the salesy stuff. Mm. Let's go back to your, your background in sales. So how how long were you doing sales for? Um, are we including like retail sales? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so like, inc- yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, ne- I never even thought about that. Like, did you actually have to sell things or did things sell, well, yeah. sell themselves? Selling, like, clothes. Yeah. Yeah, shoes, clothes. So, I was in retail for about all throughout uni. So, what's that? Three, four years. Mm-hmm. And then transitioned into photography and then later on went into sales before um, becoming a coach. So... I don't know. Maybe I've been in sales for four, four and a bit. Well, you years? kind of still are in sales. Well, true. Being yeah. an online coach, exactly. Right? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, like to get clients, you need to sort of work in sales. So, I guess in terms of like after photography, when you moved into, you're working for the, um, the fitness certification. Yeah, yeah, That's PTA. What, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, did you have to run through? What were the requirements in terms of like did they teach you as you sort of went along yeah so they taught me as I went along but I also had certain scripts to to follow as well as a guide okay because a lot of the listeners listening to the podcast are probably well are definitely coaches Mm. so as coaches we are really good at coaching yeah and we know you know, inside out fitness and things like that. Mm. But when it comes to sales, that's where we really struggle. Like sales and business, we don't necessarily know. So I think it's, you know, really valuable to sort of learn about this stuff and something that, you know, even though we're not versed in it, we kind of need to know. Um, So I guess how did that sort of help you having that sales background in transitioning into your own business, into your own like sort of online business. Mm, I love that. Um, to be honest, it helped me a lot in terms of um, the confidence of opening conversations with people. Yeah. I mean, you speak really well. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. When, when I was younger, I could barely give you like a five-word answer. I'd be like, yep, yeah, no, see you later. Yeah. Where throughout that time, I really took the effort – to listen to people and not just pursue in getting that $100 sale. Yeah. It's really understanding whether this po- person is wanting to become a coach for a good reason um, or not. You know, at the end of the day, yes, I was on commission base as well. So you want to get that <laughs> that bonus. Yeah. However, you want to be in um, – what's the word I'm looking for? Just like in the right mindset of – becoming a coach like what's your reasoning for for doing that like why are you wanting to get into the fitness industry mm-hmm. um and this transitioned really well into sales with clients having a better gauge of who they are what they're wanting to 
to become and whether or not I'm a like whether or not they they weren't I were a good fit to work yeah. together because I remember in the early years of becoming a coach I'll be like I'm taking everyone I will take everyone mm. male female dog cat Everyone, everyone, where I realized that it just, (laughs) hey, we, we, you know, I'll take them. (laughs) Um, And I realized early on that I wasn't everyone's cup of tea um, and they weren't mine. Um, And that was a really hard, (laughs) it was a really hard reality to realize that you can't help everyone. Yeah. And I kind of, like, I really love the way that you sort of moved that because it's, like, it's not hard to sell Mm. if you can relate to someone Mm. or if they relate to you. Because there are, like, I find if I've had people try to sell to me, like, you know, use, yeah, use scripts or use, like, cheesy kind of techniques and things like that, I'm like, oh, like there's something inside me that just goes like, that just resists it. It's your intuition, girl. Yeah, exactly. And it's like you can tell when someone is being real. Or someone's being fake. and so Or someone's being fake. And whether someone really wants to help you Mm. or whether they're just in it to make money out of it. Like, yes, we all need to make money. But you want to have the right intentions of doing it. Exactly. Like we're in the service business and we want to service our clients. And if you're sort of like, yeah, you can talk the talk, but can you walk the walk? Mm. Yeah. And yeah, I find that when it comes to, you know, the way people interact with you, you can tell who's real and who's being fake. So um, I guess... Would you say in terms of like, I like, I have no idea how to sell. The only way that I know how to sell is by just being myself. And if people want to come to me and work with me, then great sort of thing. But in terms of like the science behind selling, mm. and it is a skill, like it is a huge skill. Yeah. But would you say that, would you say that that is something that, I guess, is something that people need to work on or is it It just kind of comes naturally? You know what? For some people, it does come naturally because they can just, you know, they have that gift of being open and talking to people. Um, and for some people, it's a little bit of hard work and tapping into something that you haven't done before and being uncomfortable to be comfortable selling. Mm. Because I remember the first time I got on a on a phone call to cold sell people into a course, mm. people just hang up on you. Mm. And I remember the first like few, maybe three or five calls, like people would be like, nope, bang, nope, bang. And they would just like hang up on me and I'd be like, oh my God, like no one Fear loves rejection. me. rejection, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, that is, <laughs> and that is huge. So um, back to your question um i truly believe to become better in anything you need to pursue um to be educated around that so whether it's getting a business coach or a sales coach or psychology or like Mm. nlp anything that would allow you to be able to talk more openly to people um and have an open conversation about 
their dreams, their wants. Like, yeah. why do you want to train with me? Or what it is that you love doing? Am I the right person? Because if you get someone who just wants nutrition help, but you're not a nutrition coach, and you say, yes, I can help you. And then two weeks in later, you're like, I shouldn't have said yes. Mm. You've disserviced, disserviced them, but you've also disserviced yourself mm-hmm. by lying um, at your potential for allowing more people in. And again, it goes back to you saying that we're all here to make money, but you also want to have good intentions of doing it. Yeah. Perfect. Well, I have really enjoyed this conversation. Me too. I think it's been very insightful. Yeah. And yeah, I would love to like go a little bit more deeper mm. into it when you've gone through a little bit more of the course. And, yeah, let's do it. And yeah, let's do it. I'll come back to Melbourne so we can do it in person, hopefully. Yeah, or I'll come up to Sydney. Yes. Either or. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Cool. All right. Where can people find you, Sig? And is there anything that you're sort of working on at the moment um, in terms of your coaching, your business? Um. Yeah, so... Guys and girls, you can find me on Instagram at Sig Fisher. Or otherwise, you can also find me at my business um, name, The Ladies Strength Department. Um, and in the next couple of months, I'll be launching my next Strong Women project, which is a 16, 16 week course of um, training and nutrition. Uh, and we'll be diving a little bit deeper into the mindset side of things that how to create um, habits for lifelong results. Exciting. Very, very exciting. Can't wait. Yeah, me too, babe. All right. Catch ya. Bye. <laughs>